Welcome back to Bankruptcy 101. I'm your host, bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft. And this is a podcast where I give you some of the basics about filing bankruptcy, hopefully to help you better understand how that process works and some of the consequences it can have. On this episode, we're going to be talking more about the means test. So what is the means test? Well, prior to 2005, there really was no such thing as the means test. In 2005, Congress enacted what's called the BAP CPA, or the Bankruptcy Abuse Prevention and Consumer Protection Act. That's a lot to swallow. Just take it from me. I don't think there's a lot of consumer protection in that act. It was really designed more for the bankruptcy abuse prevention, and that's really what it was centered on. Congress got together and they said, hey, we're tired of all these people just filing Chapter 7 bankruptcy and getting out of all their debt so easily. So they enacted this act to cut down the number of Chapter 7 cases and to force more people into Chapter 13. Not only did it force more people into Chapter 13, but Congress also said, when you do a Chapter 13, we're also going to dictate how much you have to pay back to your creditors. So they came up with this tool that they call the means test. The means test is a set of forms where you fill in your income and your expenses And then this form spits out a number called your disposable monthly income, or DMI, which basically means this. Here's how much income this person has left over at the end of the month that they can use to pay to their creditors. So let's start with this first of all. If there's a chance that you earn more than the median income in your area, you're going to want to get an attorney to do this means test for you. Don't go this alone. So what is the median income? The median income is going to vary from area to area. It's a number that is set by the federal government that says, hey, this is what the average person should be making per year in this area for gross wages. That's the median income. So if you're over the median income, uh, much more severe consequences, much more difficulty to do your bankruptcy. That's why I say you're going to want to get an attorney to do that. If you're under the median income, your bankruptcy, whether it's a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 13, is going to flow much smoother. So if under the median income is, is generally a good thing. So let's talk about, first of all, what information goes into this means test. And then I'll talk about how that means test applies in a Chapter 7 case and how it applies in a Chapter 13 case. First of all, what goes into the means test? The very first thing you're going to put into this means test is your income. We're talking about gross income here, so this is before your taxes and your insurance and everything else are deducted from your paycheck and whatever. It's it's your gross income. And you have to list every source from which you got income over the last six months. And you have to list every penny earned from that source over the last six months. So it might be from your job. It might be that you're getting income from renting out a room in your house to somebody. You may have income from a YouTube channel or you're getting alimony or child support or unemployment, whatever it is. Generally speaking, you have to list that income and it's all going to be included. Now, there's going to be some exceptions to this. You're not going to be forced to list your social security income or income from the VA if you're getting it, or maybe you were the victim of a crime and you're getting some compensation for that. 
those will not be counted against you as far as income goes. So otherwise, we're going to list all of that income, and then we're going to get an average of your monthly income. And that's the number you're married to when you're completing the means test. No matter what, you have to include all your income, and that's what you're stuck with. If you put in all of your income, and your average income, like I said earlier, was below the median income for your area, you'll most likely qualify for a Chapter 7. So that's a good thing. But if you're over the median income, you may not qualify for a Chapter 7. Now, if you're making more money than the median income, you're going to have to do, whether it's a Chapter 7 or a Chapter 13, you're going to have to do what's called a full means test. That's what we call it. And it's a much more complicated form that we fill out after we do the income. So once we've put in all of your income, if you're over the median income, we're going to do this full means test. So the next thing we do is we start taking out expenses. Now, these are not expenses that you necessarily have in reality. It's not your actual expenses. It's the expenses that a bunch of members of Congress got together and thought that you should or could have each month. Now, you're going to get to deduct a certain dollar amount for food, clothing, housing, payments for automobiles, insurance, and stuff like that. But it's not what you actually spend every month. For some of these deductions, it's what Congress thinks you should be spending every month. And noticeably absent from the means test, uh, you'll find are some expenses that you have that are just not there. Stuff like money for Christmas, money for birthdays vacations, dance class for your kids, or maybe the cost for your kids' sports, things like that. Those are just missing. And we can only assume that Congress must have thought those things just weren't appropriate if you were going to be filing a bankruptcy. So it doesn't matter how impractical Congress's form is, you're stuck with these allowances and these deductions on your means test. There is, however, some room on the means test for getting creative And this is where it is imperative that you have a good attorney that understands how to complete a means test. So if you're thinking about filing for bankruptcy, the best thing you can do is meet with an attorney right away so that he or she can advise you of the best time to fill out the means test, the best time to file your bankruptcy. And they may also be competent enough to take some of these more unique deductions on the means test. Now, when it comes to timing, Uh, on the means test and filing. Timing can be everything. So where the means test might hurt you one month, it might help you the next month or vice versa. Anyway, make sure you get an attorney that can help you complete this thing, especially if you are over the median income. So let's talk now about how the means test gets applied in the different chapters of bankruptcy, but most likely in a chapter 13 if you're over the median income, but this is how it works. So we've put in all the income, we've taken out all the expenses that we're allowed to take out, and we get a number that's either going to be positive or negative. I don't think I've ever seen a number that comes out at exactly zero, but it's usually going to be some positive or negative number. Now, if that number that we call the DMI, or your disposable monthly income, is zero or below you're likely still going to qualify for a Chapter 7 in terms of means testing. But you may still want to be doing a Chapter 13. Maybe that's your whole intent anyway, because you want to keep your assets or you can't file a Chapter 7 for some reason. 
So what this form will mean if you're under the median income is that it's not going to dictate how much you have to pay back to your creditors in that Chapter 13 case. But on the other hand, if that number at the end of your means test is a positive number, you've got a positive DMI, disposable monthly income, you may have to do a Chapter 13. And in that Chapter 13, that may dictate how much you're going to pay back to your creditors. It just depends on how much disposable income you have. So if you were over the median income, you may also have to be in that Chapter 13 for the maximum number of years, which is five years. So let me give you an example of what happens when you've got disposable monthly income that's positive. Let's say we've put in all of your income and we've taken out all of the expenses and you're left with, I'm just making this number up, let's just say you're left with $227 in disposable monthly income. Well, what the bankruptcy code says is that you have to pay back to your general unsecured creditors at least $227 per month while you are in your Chapter 13. So if you were under the median income, you're only going to have to pay back maybe $8,172 because that's $227 times 36 months. But if you were over the median income and you have to be in this Chapter 13 plan for five years, you may have to return a minimum of $13,620, which is the $227 disposable monthly income times 60 months. So that's why this form is so important. Now, it's also important to note that whatever that disposable monthly income number is at the end of your means test, that is not what your Chapter 13 plan payment is going to be. A lot of people get confused by that, and they think their Chapter 13 plan payment is that disposable monthly income number. That's not correct because you're going to have other fees in that chapter 13. Maybe you're paying for a car or two through your plan. Maybe you've got mortgage arrearages or taxes. You're also going to be paying trustees fees and attorneys fees. So that disposable monthly income number is really just the bare minimum that's getting paid back to your unsecured creditors. Now, after all the information I've given you, if that means test is just not actually reflecting what the reality of what's going on in your life, there may be a way around that. But you're going to want to talk to an attorney that can go into court and make that argument. There is a United States Supreme Court case that makes that possible, but you're going to want an attorney to do that for you. Okay, if there's one last piece of advice I can give you when it comes to doing the means test, it's this. Make sure you hire an attorney to do this test for you. The reason I hire an accountant to do my taxes is because that accountant has been trained to do them and I don't want to get in trouble with the federal government. The same thing applies when it comes to doing a means test in bankruptcy. Make sure you hire somebody who is competent, understands the means test, and is trained to do it. Well, thank you for joining us on this podcast. Hopefully you've learned something more about the means test today. If you have more questions about means testing, reach out to a bankruptcy attorney in your area. If you're in the state of Utah, please reach out to me. I'm bankruptcy attorney Roger Kraft and your host of Bankruptcy 101.